Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. So what exactly is the show about? It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. On Saturday, a wall from Eastern Market's Del Bene building collapsed onto the street below. In response, the city quickly ordered for the commercial building's demolition. But was that the right decision? Our cities are enriched by having a broad representation of the history of construction in those towns. How important is it to preserve Detroit's historic buildings? I'm Brian Fisher, and this is The Daily J. Detroit is home to some beautiful architecture, like the train station and book tower, for example, with some buildings having been built over 100 years ago, such is the case for the Del Bene building in Eastern Market which has held many uses over the decades since its construction in 1897. That was until this past Saturday, when an entire wall came crumbling down onto the streets below. I'm here at Eastern Market uh, the day after the explosion here on Winder and Russell. And look at all the bricks that you can see. Some people, I guess, were hit by the bricks. Still don't know the cause of this, but it looks like it was pretty bad. I guess it could have been worse, but... Still, they're gonna have to figure out what happened in this, uh, what they're calling an explosion here at Eastern Market. That was the voice of WWJ's Charlie Langton as he reported what he saw the day after the wall fell. Early reports claimed an explosion resulted in the collapse, but the city has not yet officially stated what the cause was, so it remains a mystery. Detroit Fire Chief James Harris told WWJ's Christina McDaniel that despite the fact that people were in the building, thankfully, only one person was injured. There were bricks laying on the ground and some debris. One person had minor injuries, a pedestrian from the debris. They were transported immediately to receiving hospitals. We made sure we surrounded the perimeter and we used our drone technology to go in and search the building to make sure nobody was in the building. We know for a fact that no one's in the building. No one got injured in the building. Now we want to thank the citizens for moving quickly and getting out of the building and letting us do our job. It was definitely a commercial building. Uh, we can't confirm if it was residential or not, but there were people in the building and they got out extremely fast. Thank goodness. Following the incident on Saturday, the nearly 130-year-old building in Eastern Market was condemned for demolition. But not everyone is on board with this plan. Some are pushing the city to reconsider restoring the building. Devin Anderson, the president of Preservation Detroit, a nonprofit dedicated to preserving Detroit's historic places, is one of the people leading the charge to save the building. If this building were torn down, it would be replaced with a parking lot or a grass lot. Or even if it was new construction, anything that went in its place would pale in comparison to what it was replacing. I mean, you can just look around at some of the some of the new buildings that are going up around town today. You know, they're 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 clad in modern materials. 
when you think about these neighborhoods and you think about the neighborhoods in Detroit that people love, that people cherish, that they respect, all of the named neighborhoods in the city, Boston Edison, Indian Village, West Village, New Center, Midtown, they're all our historic districts. There are not a lot of neighborhoods in the city of Detroit that are well known as destinations that aren't also historic districts. And you can kind of think the same thing about like, say, just New Orleans, for instance. Very few people would want to go to New Orleans as a vacation or a destination or as a tourist if it weren't for the historic architecture and the spaces and places that that architecture creates. Devin continues by emphasizing that once these buildings are gone, Detroit loses some of its best-built and impactful buildings, and that new buildings can't replace that history. The advantage of having a building that's 130 years old is that it's outlasted all of the other buildings that were built then. Is the buildings that are left, the buildings that have survived, say the train stations, say the Fisher Building, say the Guardian Building, were among the best-built, best-maintained, and best examples of their time. All of the buildings that were built haphazardly, cheaply and quickly, with substandard materials and poor construction technologies, have all fallen down 50 years ago. So everything that's left is the best of the best, not only in terms of how it was built, but but its impact on the community. And that's sort of what's key with this Del Beni building, is that it's one of the tallest buildings in Eastern Market. It's on a prominent corner. It faces the sheds. It has a long history of successful service. I mean, this building, aside from the fact that load-bearing exterior masonry walls likely can't be four stories anymore, is built stronger and better than anything that would replace it or anything that we would build today. Although Devin does see why the city would make that decision to demolish it, as it does prevent further danger. But he wants them to at least investigate the cause and the structural integrity before condemning the building altogether, thus giving it a chance. It's a safe decision and defensible and makes a a reduced potential for people or property to be damaged because people and property have already been damaged. It doesn't seem to be a very nuanced decision to me, which is why my letter sort of urged restraint. It's why we wanted them to have a building inspector, not a building inspector, a structural engineer visit the property and survey the damage. We felt like they were rushing to judgment without all the facts. And the problem is I feel like we still don't have all the facts. We don't really know what caused this wall to collapse. And the problem is that without information about what caused this, all you do is hypothesize and create conspiracy theories. So it's why we want information. If the building is demolished, this would mean all businesses inside would be forced to relocate. This would include an iconic Detroit brand, Detroit vs. Everybody. On a post to their website, they wrote the cost of lost merchandise, renovations, and essentials exceeds $150,000 and opened a GoFundMe page to try and save their flagship store. There is good news, though, as according to Devin, there is a glimmer of hope that the building can be saved. It looks like they're softening that tone a little bit today. The city is backpedaling a little bit about demolition. They're working with the owner to appeal the decision. Um, If the owner can present a preservation plan for the building, they're willing to uh, set the demolition order aside, which I think would be great for the business owners there because 
people have hundreds of thousands of dollars of stock and equipment in that building that the city is also not letting them go and retrieve right now. Um, so aside from any of the preservation aspects, there's just some general like good policy things that result from a more measured approach to this building. But how do these buildings get to the point of collapse? Obviously, time is a huge factor, but there is more to it than that. Here's Devin again. The way a building lasts for hundreds of years is that it has to be properly maintained. It has to be cared for. It has to be kept up. We have to tuck point and repoint it. We have to flash it. We have to replace the roof when the roofing fails. And the problem in the city is that sometimes buildings have been abandoned for years or decades or or longer. And that building owners don't always budget properly to include the required maintenance for the upkeep of their of their buildings. You know, I mean, it's America. We don't force people to do this. Now, the building department, to a certain extent, can. But much like your own home, nobody's going to force you to paint your garage or replace your roof if it fails. And it's kind of on you to, to take those steps. So if a building is owned by somebody who's just trying to extract value out of it, doesn't care for it, doesn't keep it up, it's going to steadily deteriorate. Devin does realize that not every building can be saved, though, as it is the nature of cities to evolve. So striking that balance of old and new is important. I think fundamentally some of the best reasons for tearing down older infrastructure is that cities are living, growing, breathing entities. They change over time. Every city does. Every city grows. Detroit in 1890 bears very little resemblance to Detroit in 2020. And for good reason. There is no reason that like every building in a city needs to be needs to be saved. And there is a strong financial pressure for larger and more productive uses to occur on sites. I think likewise, there is a strong pressure that our cities are enriched by having a broad representation of the history of construction in those towns. So like A city that's all new construction might not be as interesting a place to live and work as a city that's a mixture. The Del Bene building represents nearly 130 years of Detroit's history. Will it be preserved and continue to represent Detroit's rich past? Or will it be torn down to give way to Detroit's promising future? Well, we can only wait and see. Thanks to Devin Anderson, Charlie Langton, and James Harris for lending their expertise and reporting to this episode. And as always, this podcast wouldn't be possible without WWJ's digital team. Check out WWJNewsRadio.com for the top local news stories on demand 24-7. Make sure you don't miss out on new episodes of The Daily J by subscribing using the Odyssey app or get it wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Brian Fisher, and this is The Daily J. Thanks for listening. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. 
We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on. We talk about basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happens. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.